Hey, before we go into today's podcast, I just want to invite you guys to follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at DiFrancisco underscore one. If you haven't yet, I'd love to have you there. Either tweet me or message me telling me that you heard this on the podcast and what you think of it. Give me a follow at DiFrancisco underscore one and I'll see you there. Hello and welcome to the David Francisco podcast. So good to have you here. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm going to catch up with Jordan Said. We talk about how we met, about wrestling abroad in Italy, in France, and other places in Europe as well. And we talk about our um, likeness for going business to business casual on our tires. <laughs> so join us, suit up. This is a catch up with Jordan Said. Jordan, uh, when was the last time you used a suit? Oh my god. Um, it was probably last year, I think. <laughs> yeah, because I, I went through this phase, <laughs> obviously. Six months now? Seven months now? Yeah, seven months, which is like the longest, since I probably turned 18, the longest time I've gone without wearing a suit. Um, You're having withdrawals now? R- weirdly not, because uh, like I've noticed... In the summer, um, wearing a suit and wearing a blazer, taking your top off at the end of the day, it just becomes all sticky and you're like struggling to get out. And also it's just more comfortable. I find dressing mm-hmm. down a bit. Also at shows, it's helped me a lot because I would, you'd probably see me once or twice. I would actually be the one putting up the ring while wearing a suit. Surprisingly, no suit got damaged or whatnot. But as you can imagine, it was just super uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, it's been about seven months, I think. We're in July now, right? So probably eight months, I think, yeah. December. Yeah, I remember when it was. It was, do you know, between uh, Christmas and New Year's, WrestleFalls has that Rayleigh show. It was that exact show. That's the last time you wore a suit. That exact day. Because I remember Ollie uh, took took a selfie with me because he couldn't believe. Because I went through, I went for like two weeks without wearing a suit. It shocked him. And then when I wore it back, it, it shocked him again. So he took a selfie, I remember. Your dress code, basically, like if you want to do a Jordan say dress code, you wear one of two things, right? You wear suits with really thin ties or uh, you wear like jogging bottoms and a um, like a vest with, I swear to God, the thinnest <laughs> strings, right? Over your shoulders that I've ever seen in my life, right? And I'm not sure if... If you buy them like that, if you if you make them and you're like an expert at making them, <laughs> but like it's literally the two uh, ways I've seen you dressed, and uh, that's branding. If I know anything, is that's branding, Jordan. Yeah, there's no like in between. Like I either look like because literally it's not even a vest; it's like a piece of string um, almost, and then it's just got like this tiny amount of cotton that's just covering my abs type thing. And then obviously with the suits is on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, oh, this guy means business type thing. I I like wearing a suit, right? As in like going to to a wrestling show when you when you worked on like wear, wearing a suit and stuff. Just like it makes you look a bit more professional. Um, it suits me uh, and, and I like it. But like I've learned to, not I've learned, I, I'm starting to enjoy more the business casual, right? Yeah. The, the khaki trousers, 
with maybe even trainers if they look good and uh, the shirt right or in the summer like wearing that uh, during the um, in the winter it's fine but when you're like in a car for hours go driving to a show and you're wearing that like you, you get to that show and you're you're it's dreadful, right? So my the summer one is like short colored shorts, right? And a vest or something like that. Um, and like the hair and the sunglasses and the shoes, they'll 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 compose the the look, you know? The look the look will be composed enough, right? Um <laughs> it's good to show the respect. I like it. Like I like the idea of wearing clothes that are gonna like kind of show the respect for what you're doing in the ring, you know, yeah, uh, and for the the business as a as a whole. Um, it, it always, it's always really cool when I would see like in the eighties, obviously like Ric Flair or Bockwinkle, they would, they would wear those suits everywhere and stuff, but um, you don't need a suit and tie to, to look like a star. There's other ways you can do it. And, uh, and it's balanced out. I think for me, it just became like, I don't, I don't, I, I honestly can't tell you where it stemmed from, but I just started wearing suits hmm. and then obviously that carried into wrestling. But then all of a sudden people thought, oh, wow, this is really cool. Because obviously you walk into like a wrestling show, a lot of people are in jogger bombs and vests and whatnot. Um, and not nothing against that. But then obviously this strange tan dude just walks in wearing a suit and all of a sudden he stands out. I remember like if I'd go to help out at shows, people would see me and they're like, okay, I don't know what he does, but he means business because there's something about this dude. Um, so it just it, for me, it was like, it was something I had done normally, naturally, just waking up. It would take me, like, most people, if they get into a suit, it would take them about, what, half an hour, 45 minutes to get ready. I could be, like, in a suit, tie and everything in 10 minutes. I was that used to it. Um, and uh, what's it called? Just going to shows. Yeah, it just really stood out um, after a while. People were, like, complimenting me. I remember um, Osprey at one point. He pulled me up at a show and he was like, he really respects me putting in the effort to actually show up in a suit. A few said it was a bit too far, you know, in the sense of like, you're trying too hard. But, you know, I think, I think I'm just probably one of the only few people who do actually, who did commit to that for a very long time. There was a period there when I did it uh, and I really liked it. As you said, like nothing against people who don't do it. It just feels more comfortable to me, you know. Um, as in, um, it feels right. You know, it's, 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 it's what I want to do. It kind of like changes my mindset as well. Cause like, I'm, I'm in my house right now. Right. I've been in my house for months and I've worn nothing than like short shorts. And even sometimes not that I'm just in my underwear yeah. and, uh, a cutoff vest, uh, from old t-shirts that I've had. And I feel like I've been wearing this for months now, but it, like, it, I'm, I'm home. Right. It doesn't matter. Uh, but when I go to a show, um, I like to, to like, it would, it would change my mindset, right, to to be wearing something different, um, and it still does. And, and uh, I don't know, I like to dress up a little bit. I, I found the balance. It's 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 as you were saying. Sometimes it, it can be hard to to find a balance there, and you can seem like you're trying too hard and stuff. And it, it, it may be true. And like in the beginning, I like. Um, for a big while, for a few years, when, when I met you as well, like I would do that all the time. And then I like it felt like. I was starting to feel myself like not really caring what other people were, were saying and thinking, but like if I myself feel mm, this may be too much and it's like too much of a hassle, but I still want to show that. Like I, I went down to, to business casual and I like it and you know? I like to look good and, and, and feel good. Um, yeah. It's probably more comfortable to be business casual. Official. <laughs> you know, 
Um, but we're like, especially if you're like, and then you're carrying the ring, right? Uh, or you're helping with setup and stuff. Um, yeah, it's or like you're sweaty and happen to be in a place where there's no showers afterwards, so you have to put everything back on the, the shirts and stuff. Yeah, there would be so many times where it was like eleven o'clock at night, and I'm starting to my journey back and getting the car. And it's like, I have my my suit trousers and my suit shoes, but then I just have the T-shirt that I that I brought uh, to change into um, before the show starts. And I'm just going to go back and do it because I can't be bothered to put a, a shirt back yeah. and a tie and stuff. Like, weirdly, it, I, I totally, like, honestly, I totally understand because that was the reason I started dressing down. I remember I'd be like, because obviously wrestling is not just 10 minutes in a ring. Um before, like, if you've got a show in the evening, so many of us will have, like, a quick workout beforehand. It's the journey up there, yeah. which is usually one or two hours. It's getting there on time. It's setting up the ring, setting up production. It's being backstage for that long. It's also just before your match, having that mini workout to get a pump on and getting you warmed up. Then it's doing your match. Then it's cooling down. Then it's taking down setup, And then you're going home. So, obviously, when you're putting on a suit and tie after all that, it's like you feel a bit dirty dare I say and you're like you shouldn't be wearing it um but for me it also just got me in the frame of mind of for example if you go to like a job interview you're going to wear a suit you're going to look as good as you can because you're mean business and for a while it just got me in a completely different frame of mind uh going to shows it was like okay I'm treating this as like an actual nine to five job so I'd have to show up on time I'd have to dress I'd have to I'm not saying every wrestler should start wearing a suit, but I think it helps to look presentable or somewhat the part, if you know what I mean. Lost you there, Jordan. Oh, sorry. Nah. Yeah, what part did you uh, lose me at? There you go. Um, you were saying like it, it, it stayed recorded, so I may just just pick up from there because like it records on your side. But just in case, uh, you were saying that um, not every wrestler needs to wear a suit, but oh yeah, but like it helps to look somewhat like an athlete or somewhat presentable. Or as you're walking into the venue, the promoter knows, okay, yeah, this guy's clearly because wrestling is a looks based business, and I feel like the suits became, as you said, part of my brand. Um, you go into like my Instagram or my Twitter or my wrestling Facebook, you won't see like a single picture of me without wearing a suit. And I feel that's somewhat become a bit of an identity for me, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like promoting yourself that way. That's important, you know. Um, if it's almost turning into a, a learn the ropes here, like it's important to to have that um, distinction uh in a way like publicly at least like on instagram it's it's branding yourself uh in a certain way um the way you did i think that's that's important it's uh it's very valid um but like at the same time it's like at, at the end of the day it doesn't really matter it's not like an office or something it should be um what people feel comfortable wearing at the end but just know that like there's choices there people can will choose to um like wearing a suit or whatever is a choice or dressing a certain way is a choice, uh, and um, and people may choose to. Or, when I say it's a choice, it's like you're choosing to say something with it, right? With that action, yeah. Um, and people will like act act accordingly. I think, yeah. Um, when did we meet? Was it uh, at a training session? Was that the first time we we met? 
Do you remember? Um, yeah, I remember there was a private session I'd done at Knuckle Locks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the first time I met you. Unless there was a show before that we might have brushed past at the Res Girl. I'm not too sure. Yeah, Maybe, well, I think I'm like, sure, actual like we, inter- we were in the same place before. Yeah, act- actual interaction was at a private session at Knuckle Locks. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, so that, how, how far are we going then? So not, not last year, it was like the year before. So around December or November 2018. My time frame might be a bit wrong. I'm not too sure. And uh, how long were you training before that? How long were you? How long have you been training? So I was training. I started my training when Jan. I could be wrong. January 2017. I started my training. Everyone starts their. Tra- <laughs> I've noticed every single person has started their training in January. Um, New Year's resolutions and that. Um, yeah, exactly. Big New Year's resolution thing. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, I stuck to it, which I never thought. It'd get this far, but um, yeah. So I started my training in January 2017. I trained strictly at drop kicks for about a year and a half, maybe a year, mm. a year and like eight months or something. Because I remember that's when like common sense applied, and I thought, oh, okay, the resistance gallery is literally two minutes from my house. There's a training school there. I better, you know, get my ass down there, and I did. Um, and then about nine months later was when I went to Knuckle Locks and started training there. So yeah, I think you are. Um, yeah, so I think I've been training yeah. minus coronavirus times. Total training is, is yeah dead on three years and a couple of months. And I think the only time that you and I like share the ring and had a match was at one of WrestleForce's uh, fair shows. I remember that, yeah. Uh, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's been the only, only time like where we wrestled against each other or, or like just wrestled in, in general, you and me. Um, just like shows that like, for those who don't know, like they're sometimes sometimes like fair shows and stuff and open air shows will have a ring that will do um, uh, matches every once in a while. And it's good to go because you spend the entire day, especially when you're trying to gain experience and gaining um and and learning stuff like it's good to go because you'll spend the entire day uh like wrestling right and um it's uh like we you and i did that right and it was very like it was very good in the sense that um we could wrestle a lot like we did a lot of matches in the same day and it was probably the only times we wrestle and also because it's like um it's in an environment where it doesn't really matter um how good you'll do it's it's more to get reps and gain experience uh we were able to try and experiment and stuff right i remember one of the matches we just went out there and like oh let's let's just grapple for a lot for a long time and see what happens there right then we just did that which wouldn't be something that maybe people would expect david francisco and jordan say to do when they have a match against each other uh, or that time where uh, you and me and uh, Karim and Monica <laughs> and, yeah, I remember. Just <laughs> basically brawled everywhere in the fair because we just decided to do it. Why not? I think it was in Wimbledon, actually. Yeah, Wimbledon KB one. took me, Karim took me near like where there was goats and sheep and chickens and just forearmed the life out of me. And uh, people were looking like, what is goat like? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. I, I think I still, I think you recorded the match and sent it to me as... Yeah, like all I see is that I like I stayed in the ring. I think we're like 
uh, Monica or whatever. Uh, and it's like, you, you need to understand that uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is like people pay a ticket to come in into an open, uh, an open air fair, right? It's like outside. And um, like, there's a lot of things to do and see there, right? And wrestling is one of the, the things that are happening every hour or so as part of the entertainment uh, that happens there. People don't go there to see wrestling. Wrestling is just one thing that happens. So imagine what it's like, like these two insane men half naked <laughs> just wrestling in the middle of animals and stuff and brawling. And all I see, like, I stayed in a ring area. And when I noticed that you guys are coming back, you come back with dozens of people. Yeah, exactly. Because right? like... people, like, saw you brawling around and then saw you go back to the ring. And it's like, oh, what's this? Let's check it out. And there was, like, tons of like especially kids and families there um who who got really invested over the fact that these two guys were forearming each other in the middle of sheep yeah, yeah because like obviously wrestlefuls runs them shows as an advertisement for their main shows that take place in community halls sports centers and whatnot um so if you make a good impression there um obviously they'll the first thing they're gonna say is oh yeah when can we next see you uh the promoter says oh uh, on these dates and surely they'll pick one if they liked it and it's local to them um so that's what i think is very like i love the fate shows and i'll always tell everyone this to the moon i learned i learned probably 90 percent of what i know doing these types of fate shows these camp shows where like you're wrestling every hour because uh, you learn a lot like obviously as you know it's a very long day you know you you're probably up at five or six in the morning um and you just learn so much about your physical state as well as your mental state when it comes to wrestling. Even though you're not performing in front of a wrestling crowd, um, you have to somehow get a reaction and get people who, have, who probably have no idea about wrestling to come back. Um, and not only that, you have to explain the rules and whatnot. So I've, I owe so much credit to like WrestleFalls in general and uh, you know them style of fate shows because they're, they're awesome, man. Like you just... It's just constant like knowledge bombs that you're and constant experience you're gaining from them. It's just great to like jump in the ring like three or four times in the same day and get the opportunity to to wrestle that. Uh like even if sometimes it's like in intense heat because it's the middle of the summer. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but but it's just like an opportunity to try stuff out and learn how to be in front of crowds, especially crowds that did not go there to see you. Right, these are crowds who are not in a wrestling show mentality, right? Um, where um, like they don't know how to clap or cheer or boo. They think they, they are just just like with everything else they do there on that fair. Um, they are just standing back and watching, and they'll clap at the end because that's how you watch a performance, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's how they deal with, with like the wrestling and the, what's happening there. So it's it's as you said, it's a great learning experience to to be able to to learn that and how to how to do that um and like i there was a summer where i did those a lot because i wanted an opportunity to work on a lot of things of my my what i do in in the ring and that i looked at that as a great opportunity to, to have experience right so i did a lot of those those shows and like i'm talking about the this has happened on the on that summer show um on that entire summer right when i was doing that um all of those shows and it's just, it's it's so important. It's a great experience, right? You do, to be fair, like the majority of the shows you've been doing, you had a very busy 2019, right? Oh, yeah. Way busier yeah. than you thought you would. And a lot of it is in like working for um, for family 
shows, right? Where we where we're calling like spot shows or family friendly shows or shows that are promotions that go to certain areas and they stay there as opposed to aiming at a bit of an like young adult audience or like an internet hardcore audience. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Like in how many shows did you do in 2019? I don't know how many shows I've done, but I, re- I wrestled almost a hundred times. I think it was like 98 or 97. Um, I would have reached a hundred, but I remember there was one weekend I picked a bit of an injury up and I just didn't, it was like a neck injury. I picked the training. Um, it wasn't too serious, thankfully, but I thought best case scenario, pull out the shows on the weekend. So you don't worsen it. Um, so yeah, it was a mm-hmm. very busy 2019. Cause I remember around winter 2018, um, I'd got rid of a previous gimmick I'd done. It was just a basic Iron Sheik, foreign villain style gimmick, um, whatnot. Um, I got rid of it. I started getting a busy back end of 2018. Um, and then I just set myself these goals. I said, for 2019, I want to have 30 matches. Um, I want to be a regular on WrestleFalls, work for Dropkicks, work for like SOS Wrestling League up in Harwich. And whatnot, and those were my set goals. Um, and then it just mm-hmm. completely uh, transpired into some. I I couldn't predict it to go as well as, and I think a lot of people uh, couldn't predict it to go as well as it did. So I'm pretty thankful. Um, you know, there were some good times, there were some bad times, but I learned so much. Um, and I was thinking to myself, there's no way I'm going to be able to top 2019. And then 2020, slowly, I was thinking, okay, we're going to get here. And then obviously coronavirus kind of decided to uh, make make an appearance uh, <laughs> into a lot of our plans. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a super, yeah, look, just looking back on it, there's not a single point of 2019 I regret. Like all the decisions I made in the ring, outside the ring. Yeah, it was incredible. Um that's great. Any any favorite moments or things that you've done that you look back uh, and you're like, oh man, I love this. This is great. Um, so wrestling abroad was pretty cool. Um, I, you worked for the mm. same promotion, IWA. You know how they are. Super cool guys. Oh, yeah. Always look after you. Always communicate well. Uh, Karim's always a pleasure to be around. Um, no, so that was pretty cool because I'd always like wanted to go here at least since a kid. And I never went. And then when I got into wrestling, I said, the only way I'm going to travel is if I get booked in these countries. So to be able to wrestle abroad in the country you've always wanted to go was really, really cool. Um, yeah. Obviously, again, like lots of work with like WrestleForce, you know, who are just a great company. Um, always looked after. Always good shows, you know, family shows. Um, obviously, debuting for Progress was pretty surreal. Um, I didn't think that would happen within the next five years, let alone... <laughs> one or two years uh so that was a this real... was a a pre-show match at the ballroom yeah right? that was correct yeah it was in november uh chapter 98 i believe so yeah the pre-show with um mr fabio um and yeah mm-hmm. that was again that was just a great learning experience because i remember when i stepped out of the curtain i looked and i was like oh crap like this is actually the electric this is the shoot electric ballroom like the, the shoot progress <laughs> like uh yeah and that's when it sunk in and obviously just being backstage and seeing how these seeing the reason why these guys are at the top level because they're, they're machines like uh they they 
you can tell these guys, are, you know, they mean business. You know, they're constantly in the gym. They're constantly training. And they're just perfectionists at their craft. So being able to, like, mm-hmm. be around these individuals, pick out brains, because I, I, I don't think there was a person that day who I didn't, you know, try and, like, gain some knowledge from. That was pretty cool. And also just to get feedback on the, the actual match itself. Um, and then in the next week or two weeks of shows after that, actually use that was, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'd probably say those three in general were highlights for me. Um, yeah, it was just, it was great. <laughs> I, I could, I, what a... Where did he take when you were in Italy? Where did he take you to eat? Did he take you to that um, small? Um, I don't even know how to describe it in English. It's like, like a cab. In Portuguese, it's... we have a name for that. Yeah, like a, we call it a tashka, right? But it's like it's long, right? And they have like either sandwiches or pasta, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and, uh, not sure if it's the place where they they took you as well. Oh man, oh that's great. I, I it's like really small. It's like in a, in a bit of a hill that you have to go up. You park. Uh, at the bottom of this hill and then you walk up I'm not sure if you parked in the same place but it's like hidden somewhere it's one of those places that like only the locals know it's exactly that great, what you're right? describing that was exactly the place because um obviously we was driving through back alleys and i obviously bearing in mind i remember the one thing we was taught like 10 15 years ago was never meet strangers online and so mm. obviously <laughs> when this promoter messages me saying yeah i want to book you and fly over to a foreign country and whatnot i said yeah sure like naturally subconsciously was like yep absolutely not a doubt in my mind but when you put that on paper that sounds really odd and we're dry after the show we're driving through these back alleys um and yeah it was like that exact restaurant you described is uh where it was and it was it was beautiful italian food is actually beautiful so yeah good it was great man and like it was the first time i ate ragu oh yeah first time in my life and i'm like what is this? It's ragu. I'm like, ah, okay. Well, the authentic like actual it. shoot ragu, not the stuff you get in a jar in Tesco. What is it? Dolmio? Is that mm. the one? <laughs> I, I listen. I because I knew that um, it would. That's the way it was going to be. I didn't even try ever to have ragu anywhere else. Oh right? yeah. Um, like I'm. I'll have it at a proper Italian restaurant, or I won't have it at all. Uh, I'm not gonna like buy my own. Um, from the stores, unless it's stuff that I know it's going to be good. Maybe the the fresh pasta, like in the fresh pasta section, um, I'll be able to find ragu like that. But like, I, I need to, I need to respect the memory of the ragu that I had, right in Italy. Absolutely, the way that I did. Like, uh, not I... even like tourist Italy. It's proper, like proper Italy, right? It was great. Yeah, like I have, to, I show the same respect in the sense that you will never see me eat a Domino's pizza. Um, I know, like a Domino's and Italian pizza <laughs> are two different things, but I feel like I'm insulting the Italians when I eat a Domino's pizza. Um, or like, well, I, um, you know, when it comes to Domino's pizza, I uh, the, the 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 situation changes. I'm going to need to be honest. <laughs> um, it. I get, it is good, but I feel like if I want an authentic Italian pizza, you know, you, I, I, yeah, I can't wait until I'm in Italy to have a pizza. You know, I'll have pizza. You, every you was actually meant to go again this year, wasn't you? And then like, yeah, COVID, uh, and then this happened. Yeah, like I, I was uh, going in March at the end of the March. It was actually, oh man, that weekend would be insane actually because I would go to France on Friday, 
right? Yeah. And wrestle there Friday, um, Friday night, okay? I would fly back from France to England on Saturday and have a WrestleForce show. Nice. And like... I timed everything. I knew it would be possible um, to to get to the pickup point uh, directly from France to go to 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 this WrestleForce show, uh, and I have like like an hour and a half or two hours to spare if I needed. And then after this WrestleForce show, I would come back home finally and sleep, only to wake up really early to go to the airport so that I would be. Um, at the airport uh, early enough to go to, to um, um, I don't even remember the, the airport, but basically fly to Italy to have that show on Sunday, 29th of March, right? And then I was discussing the possibility of like staying there for a day or two yeah. on my own uh, money, of course. But like instead of the flight being for the Monday, the flight being for like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and, um, and yeah, like... Uh, we ended up never like sorting it. I don't think we ever even got to the phase where like the Italians and the French, where where they didn't these promotions didn't even buy the tickets. But this was definitely the discussions that we were have we were having, and it would be the craziest weekend ever. Oh um, man! It would, if nothing else, it would be a great vlog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that is the wrestler's <laughs> dream to wrestle I, I... <laughs> all over the country, all over Europe. I say all over the country, all over Europe. Like wrestle abroad, yeah. like that's because I remember I was actually booked to work for IWA in May, but obviously COVID happened. Like actual paid tickets and everything, um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I was just really glad because it's 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 weird because obviously every time, especially with you, David, if you walk into like a locker room in England, um, you've met probably half the locker room already, no matter where you go, or you've at least met one person. Yeah, obviously mm -hmm. for someone like me, if you go to, or even the fans, they all know David Francisco. Whereas if you go to Italy, the fans aren't, fam they're probably familiar with your stuff online, but seeing it in person is a completely different thing. And also the guys backstage haven't, on your first, they've met you like once or twice, but they don't know David Francisco the man type thing, or they don't know you as a person. So it's just, you're walking into a completely empty blank space almost, and you can just, it's that whole thing where, like, you're the you're the artist. There's the canvas. You can just it's because obviously wrestling back here, there's a lot of pressure and whatnot. When you go abroad, and it's kind of like you know the the cuffs are off type thing. I don't know whether you got that, but yeah. that's that's what I got type thing. No, I completely agree, and I I know what you what you mean. And there's another aspect of it as well, which is because I didn't grow up here. I know what it's like to be from a country where you really like wrestling, right? You love wrestling the way I do, but the country doesn't have a wrestling tradition. Yeah. So how much the, the, what it means to the fans, like I have this a lot recently, obviously I had this when I went back to Portugal and wrestle there. And even this morning I was uh, talking to a friend about um, the, the matches and the promos and the stuff that I did in Portugal. Uh, and even thinking of like, a few months ago, well, all the shows I did for X, right? And the French fans, they're really invested. And one of the reasons why they are, and I can see this because I was one of them in Portugal uh, in the same situation, is that because you don't have wrestling around the corner every weekend like you have here in the UK, yeah. it means so much more, you know? Yeah. Um, and and that's great. Like the the, the passion that um, fans are in the situation show. It's it's really um, it's it's a sight to see. You know. Yeah, like I remember. Like I've only worked for IWA once, 
uh, was meant to open for a second time, but obviously COVID happened. Um, but even to this day, like, so I remember after that show, the next day I went into a bookshop and there was a fan who actually wanted to take a picture of me and um, Kyla Reese, who also flew over there. And like, that was pretty like, oh my God. And this, this bookshop must have been about half a mile away from it or even a mile the next day, which was pretty cool. And even to this day, I'm still in contact, like, obviously me and Karim, you know, we're quite good friends. Um, but even the guys who like I shook hands with and had a slight conversation with, we're still in touch. Like, and apparently like yeah. they've still asked for me to uh, other wrestlers when they've gone, oh yeah, how's Jordan? And it's, it's so cool, man. And I feel part of like European wrestling where they don't, there's not as many promotions in the country and obviously less frequently run. Uh, whereas in England, as you know, like on the same day, there can be like 15 different promotions running in the space of 30 miles. My geography could be wrong, to be honest, but you, you get what I mean, where like there's so yeah, many promotions, so many, and it, they're happening every day. We're getting Tuesday night shows, Thursday night shows, shows on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday. There's so much wrestling in England. And if you wanted to see like your favorite wrestler, why would you drive 30 miles up north? When you can see him around the corner for the same price or her, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Jordan, that, that, that's that's all the time we have today. Um, great catching up with you. How can people find you online? Um, you can go onto my Twitter, or lowercase Jordan Said underscore. Uh, Instagram is the same, Jordan Said underscore. Facebook is Jordan Said. And for some reason, I don't know why I've done this. I've got like a full stop at the end. I really need to get rid of it. Um, so yeah, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Not on TikTok uh, as much as I want to be. Just can't be. Bothered. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, I just can't. The thing is, TikTok's getting a lot of heat. I have no idea why. Um, I think it's well ahead of the curve, ahead of Instagram. And people are just using it to build their brand. So when I see people, oh, TikTok, I'm just like, no, like enjoy it, you know? Um, when I say when I say you should be on TikTok, I mean like I want to see you do some dances and stuff. Oh, uh, I, see <laughs> I don't. I don't think many people. <laughs> I don't think many people want to see that. Other than you, I'll send you like a. Nah. <laughs> it'd be a traumatizing sight. I'd be. Uh, yeah, I'd please probably, don't send me DMs. Yeah, I'd be cancelled from wrestling if I ever done something like. That. <laughs> oh man, um, great talking to you, bud. Yeah, man, you as well, man. Thank you for having me on, man. Really appreciate it. It was so nice catching up to Jordan. He's such a down-to-earth guy, you know, and he has a lot of experience in his life already, even if his journey in wrestling hasn't been very long yet. And you can you can hear it. You can hear it in his voice and in the things that he says. He's going to be back here on the David Francisco podcast on a Learn the Ropes edition. And to make sure that you don't miss it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a rating, that would be tremendous. It would be really helpful to get the podcast to even more people. I really appreciate you listening. Let me know what you thought. Tweet me at DeFrancisco underscore one or message me on Instagram at DeFrancisco underscore one. I would love to get your thoughts. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time.